to the one who stilled the winds that night on the sea and stopped the roaring May he come forward to the rescue of this ship there where a thousand lives are in danger. May he quieten the sea. May he send mercy, forgiveness of sin or anything. And may his spirit now come to them and console them and send rescue quickly and may no lives be lost. We ask this in Jesus Christ's name. Amen. God bless you. Good morning to you, my friends. May God's blessings be with you. My uh, people have always said when I, when I was speaking, I always spoke too long. I'll do my very best this morning not to do that. I just lay my watch out here, and maybe I can watch it about 15 minutes. It's always a pleasure to get to be in this Philadelphian church and among its members and be with its pastor. Uh, I have considered Brother Matson Bose to be one of the best friends I have on this earth as in the, among the ministers. He is a very dear brother to me, and I, I love him, and I love his people, and because they are God's people. I had the privilege just now of meeting Brother Stonewell, the converted scientist, and I just wish that this whole church had the burden of souls on their heart as Brother Stonewell has at this time. I was just thinking as I was speaking to him of that little baby innocence and how his heart just yearns and burns, setting talking the tears in his eyes and how they're a real rough sinner made brought down by the power of God to that place. If we could just all get in that attitude. I said, Brother Stonewell, don't never lose that wonderful something that, that it's the cream off of the top of the milk. And I pray that God will keep that man that way. And and will bless him because he's a wonderful spirit. He has the, not because he's sitting here at the platform, but uh, that's true. And um, I said, no matter what anyone says, what any groups of people says, just keep your mind set right on him. And you, they may bank everything around you. It looks so black you can't hardly see over. Just don't worry. He, he can lift us up above the shadows and he, he takes us through. His power is a drawing. He said, If I be lifted up, I will draw all men unto me. And now, tonight is the service we're to have tonight is to be the, the of course, the closing service. We just had the two. And I did this for our Brother Bose and for you dear people who are around here. And more I hear about the uh, your love for Christ, of course, the more I love you. <laughs> and I believe that we're living in the most wonderful age that's ever been on the earth. We're going to want someday over in a great millennium. We're just going to think, oh, if I just had known it was in this way, what I would have done. <laughs> oh, how much more I could have done if I just know what it was going to be. Well, now you don't know it, but by faith we act. Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Is that right? See, faith doesn't see. It doesn't see with these eyes. It sees with the inward eyes. See, all the Christian armor, the whole armor of Christianity is supernatural. There's nothing to be seen if the whole person deals with the supernatural. Look at the Christian armor. Love, joy, peace, long-suffering, goodness, meekness gentleness, patience. Is that right? Yeah. See? All those things are the Christian armor. See, that's the inside man that by faith looks through these eyes and sees the things that is not. Abraham was a man who, being old, and his, his life was, uh, stream was dead within him, and Sarah, his wife, was 
near a hundred, and, and yet he staggered not at the promise of God through unbelief, but was strong, giving glory to God. See, for he endured seeing him who is invisible. He didn't, he didn't have to look at the natural. He's seen the supernatural all the time. That's the way we want to do it. Look at the unseen. What is the unseen? Well, for your healing. God promised you healing. God said it's there. Now you, how many believe that's the truth? Say amen. <laughs> uh, i just like to hear the word amen means so be it. Did you, how many would say, I would like to have an a acorn tree, an oak tree in my front yard, and somebody gives you an acorn. Now you've got the tree in seed form. Is that right? Well, you just might as well rejoice because you got the tree. <laughs> Is that right? You just got it in seed form, but it'll, it'll produce. And you take this acorn and you put it in the ground, a little box somewhere, and set it in the house and keep it watered. The first thing you know, up comes a little acorn tree. Is that right? Then you transfer it out into the yard and it just keeps growing. But you can praise God just as soon as you get the acorn. Is that right? Because you've got the tree already. Is that right? Now, when God said, I'm the Lord and healeth thee, just start praising. You got it. <laughs> you got it right then. You say, well, I don't see any results, but that still make any difference. You got it anyhow. Because <laughs> the word of God is a seed. Is that right? And we are sold with the incorruptible seed of God. See? It can't perish. It's incorruptible. And uh, here's a statement that I usually make in the healing services. The right mental attitude towards any divine promise of God will bring it to pass. Because it's a seed. It has to. And the right mental attitude. You just take the right mental attitude towards any divine promise, watch it materialize. See? No matter how it looks, if it looks impossible, if God said so, he makes it possible. <laughs> Wonderful. All right. Now, I told Billy this morning, he said, Now, Daddy, you have them people up there because they won't get their dinner or nothing else, and we've got to get out of this hotel at a certain time. I said, You start preaching. I know you. I said, get a seat and sit down. Give me 15 minutes. He's got his seat. <laughs> He's watching. <laughs> and here I am done going into my 15 minutes. That's the way it goes, though, isn't it? <laughs> but, well, uh, I tell you, it's just the real. You see, I, I have a food that I eat that the world knows nothing about. And your spirit coming to me in faith, believing what I'm telling you is the truth, is the food that I live on. That's my eternal life. If I don't feed this natural man, it'll die. And if I don't feed this spiritual man, it'll die. Now, our brother scientist sitting here would know that anything that doesn't eat very much, you just keep going, dieting, dieting, your stomach shrinks. And then if you become eating a whole lot, your stomach, you require more. I sure am a glutton on this, I tell you, I, I really require a whole lot of it, <laughs> because I, my capacity just has no limits. <laughs> I've often said, if I was just a little bigger, maybe I could feel better, you know, <laughs> and, and if it was, I don't know how I could contain it, <laughs> I believe we'll have to have an immortal body uh, to contain. I think of, what about it, friends? Now, we're just all home folks here, aren't we? So now just what when the battle's all over, the last shot's been fired, arms are stacked, smoke's all died down, and we sit down for that wedding supper. Why <laughs> could you imagine that? I can just think of it. Look down through that great table set down there for hundreds of miles. I look down through there and I look across and here's such mass and bullseye sitting right there. Brother Stoner, all these brothers sitting on there, I hear him say, there's Brother Branham. He made it. <laughs> oh my. You know, there's bound to be a few tears running down, isn't there? I look across there and I think, my, look at that. There's my old dad. There's mother. There's my wife, my children. Well, here we all are here. <laughs> and the tears will start running down our cheeks. The angelic beings standing back and soft angelic music going. What a morning. <laughs> mm. Then I can see, as we're looking across the table to one another, looking down through there, seeing who all there, the tears running down our cheeks as we reach across the table to one another's hands and gripping like that across the table. 
Then I can hear the angels move back and bow their heads. I look, come walking out yonder from behind those doors. There he comes. The King of kings, the Lord of lords. Walk down along the table and wiping each one's eyes and putting his arms around and saying, Now, don't cry. It's all over now. <laughs> all of them here. There's not any of them gone. They're all here. Now, I enter into the joys of the Lord. Oh, my heart jumps when I think of it. That's not these little fiction stories of Santa Claus. That's just saying the Lord. That's the seed that's right now becoming materialized. Right now, it's moving in. The Lord bless you. Now, we're going to have a word of prayer and then go right into the service for just a few moments. Father, we love you and our hearts are bleeding to you. And now it has fallen thy poor unprofitable servants time to speak just a few moments. And I pray that you will help us not knowing what to say, but knowing that thou hast said, if you'll open your mouth, I'll put the words in. So you said, take no thought what you shall say. For it's not you that speaks, it's your Father that dwelleth in you. He doeth the speaking. And I believe that's the truth. I know it is the truth, for you said so. And you are all truth, the very fountain of truth. There's nothing contaminated to come out of it, nothing wrong, nothing in a lie. It's got to be the resource of all truth. And from there you said these words. Now God bless us today. Bless this little church. Bless this humble little pastor here, our brother, and all the new brothers, and Brother Stonewell, and the strangers in our gates. And make us all a blessing to thy kingdom today as we bless each other. In Jesus Christ's name we ask this. Amen. I might be able to open up the Bible leaves, but there's only one who can open the Scripture. In the book of Revelations it said there was a book that was sealed with seven seals. And no man in heaven, no man in earth, or no one beneath the earth was was worthy to come and take it and to open the book and to loose the seals. And then John saw a lamb that had been slain from the foundation of the world, and it came and taken the book and opened the seals, and the, all the angelic beings cried, Thou art worthy, for thou was slain from the foundation of the world. And that I might turn back the pages like this. I might, by some theology, be able to give you my views of it, but there's only one can open it. That's the Lamb that was slain from the foundation of the world. And may his presence now come and take the word of God and place it in each heart just where it has need of. I pray that he will do it while I read some of it out of the, out of the Bible. In the twenty-second uh, chapter of St. Matthew, beginning with the forty-first verse, I wish to read down to a forty-sixth verse inclusive. Now, um, as everyone knows that I'm not a preacher, as I would call a preacher, I'm, as I said, a, the spare tire. <laughs> and you only use the spare tire when you've got a flat, but we haven't got a flat this morning, but it just happened to be time to speak just a few moments. And you pray with me as I talk to you about this text. And while the Pharisees were gathered together, Jesus asked them, saying, What think ye of Christ? Whose son is he? And they said unto him, The son of David. And he said unto them, How then does David in spirit call him Lord, saying, The Lord said unto my Lord, Set thou on my right hand, till I make thine enemies thy footstool. If David then calls him Lord, how is he his son? And no man was able to answer him a word. Neither does any man from that day forth ask him any more questions. <laughs> May he add his blessings to that word. And now, for a few moments, I'd like to take this, if you'd call it a text. <laughs> um, what think ye of Christ? Have you seen all these meetings and everything? What do you think of Christ? Whose son is he? That's been a, an old dispute through the ages, through the scientists and through the the evolutionists and so forth, what was Christ? Who was he? And and it's just as simple as the question is, which was first, the hen or the egg? 
you've heard that, which the hen come from the egg and which is first hen or egg. Well, the hen was. God made the hen, the hen laid the egg. That's just as simple as anything, but they always ask me, the hen come out of the egg, so how did, which is first hen or egg? So God made the hen, the hen laid the egg. The hen was first. And uh, <clears throat> now that's the same thing about the sci scientific research of the bloodstream of Jesus Christ. We all know that that Christ was the virgin-born Son of God. And many uh, unbelievers today try to deny that the woman could have the baby without first having a, a sexual uh, desire uh, from uh, being born to sex by the, the male. Well, they said that a hen could not lay an egg without, uh, if it couldn't be fertile, of course, if the male birth, she can lay an egg, but she, the egg won't hatch it unless it's been with the male, see? And a scientist once told me, not speaking science because my brother's here, but there was a scientist once went hunting with me uh, out in the West, and I met him, and he was about the roughest fellow I ever seen. He said, do you mean to tell me when I told him I was a preacher? He said, you look too intelligent to be there. <laughs> and I said, well, um, I said, well, not disputing your words, sir, but I'll be, that's the mark of intelligence. And he said, he said, well, anybody would believe such a story as that. And I said, well, what do you mean? He said, well, such as that virgin birth. He said, you, you know you know better than that. I said, no, sir, I'll admit I don't know any better. I said, that's, that's just all I know. And he said, well, you mean to tell me that woman could have a baby without being, so that was Joseph, that man that she was going with. It was a little slip-up like we have all the time. I said, oh, no, no. God makes no slip-ups. That was absolutely God's son. He said, but there is no such a thing. I said, you mean there's not a creator who made the heavens and earth? He said, no, of course not. He said, oh, it's psychology. I said, well, how'd the world get here? He said, it was here when I come here. I said, yes, that's right. In the room you was born in was there when you got there. And the furniture was arranged, but some intelligent had to arrange it that way. That's exact. Why, it would be silly. So I said, well, How'd that watch come? Well, it's just a watch, that's all. It just happened to be a watch. Well, now, the timing, the jewels, and everything, anybody with, with mentally balanced, right, would know that some intelligence made that watch. Had to time it and regulate it and put the hands and jewels and the operation. Well, then how much greater is your body than this watch? See? Because it was a man that made this watch, and somebody had to make the man. So a person says that we just happen to be, that shows there's a mental deficiency somewhere. That's right. And so he said, well now, he began to tell me the ethics of Darwin and so forth about how evolution came into existence, how the world and the sun and the moon, you've read it perhaps, had a love affair and chipped off a little piece and flew off and that made the world and the first man was a sponge and he wore a little ward on this side and out come an arm and then he decided he wanted a little arm on the other side so it rolled a few thousand years over on that side and another arm come out. I said, look, fella, I'm kind of weak in faith. I said, I, I don't believe that. I can't believe it. I said, I just believe what God said it was. I, I said, the only way you can prove that is by faith. You can't prove it any other way. And I said, my faith's too weak for that. I said, I just, I haven't got that much faith. I just believe that God made it the way he said he did. And he said, I said, is it all about the virgin birth? He said, it's, it's proven, Reverend Brown. That, that corn, everything else has to have a pollen, uh, the pollen from the corn and for the trees and the, how the bees pack it and everything has to have actual male and female. I said, sure, there was a male in this respect. I said, that was God. Well, is God a man? I said, God's a spirit. Oh, impossible to contact the actual human being. It has to be uh, the sex part. I said, oh, no. I said, now look. You will admit to me, will you, that the woman had the baby. We'll say that that was right. The woman had the baby, and he was Jesus. Yes, that, that, I'll go with you that far, because there's some kind of a, a something went on through the world, and to come down history and so forth, that there was one here called Jesus, but he was no virgin born. I said, then, we'll admit that he had a natural mother. Yes. Now, he, in your estimation, he has to have an uh, actual father, an uh, earthly man here to be his father, or he could not have been born. He said, that's exactly right. I said, will you stick with that, Mr. Jeffries? He said, I will. I said, all right, I want to ask you something then. If, if this woman had the baby, and you said it was impossible, it had to have a natural father, it had to have an earthly father, as soon as it had an earthly mother. So that's exactly true. I said, then how did the first man get here without father or mother? 
<laughs> Where did he come from? Let him be tadpole, monkey, whatever he wanted to be. According to science, he had to have a father and a mother. Is that right? I said, who was his father and mother? <laughs> well, he asked no more questions from that time then. <laughs> he just said it. That was all. He, he, he didn't have, oh, I tell you, their argument is thinner than the broth made out of a shadow of a chicken is starved to death. <laughs> they, they, they just haven't got a they haven't got a leg to stand on. No, sir. Jesus Christ was the Son of God. I believe it with all my heart. And the great Holy Spirit overshadowed that virgin, and she brought forth the Son according to God's word, for said, A virgin shall conceive and bring forth the child. His name shall be called Emmanuel. And I, he was God with us. I believe that. Not God that will be with us for a space, but be with us forever. We are his children living in his presence now. And the weakness of the church today is one of the, the fundamental reasons that we see no more going on in the church. First thing, I think, is because there's not enough travel of souls to bring the person in contact with his Maker. And another thing is this, is the person who does find God doesn't realize who he is after he found God. If you only realize that you're studying now with Christ Jesus, that many of the people are trying to post it off to some other great age and all healing over the millennium and so forth and all the miracles over the millennium, what are we going to need miracles in the millennium when we're supernatural beings? How are we going to need those things? Now, the Bible said, now are we the sons of God. Not now is, uh, is the now a present tense. Now are we the sons. Not we will be. We are now. We are this morning. We are this very hour. Now are we the sons of God seated together set together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus now. Right this very minute, we're, we're seated together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Every man by one spirit, we're all baptized into one body, become members of this body by Holy Spirit baptism. And now we're seated together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus, free from judgment. We can never go to the judgment. How can you be judged twice? By you, God judged Jesus Christ, and he put our judgment up on Christ, and Christ paid our judgment at Calvary. If we're in Christ, we're secured in Christ. By how do we get into Christ? By one spirit, we're all baptized into one body. Is that right? We're into that body of Jesus Christ, and while we're in there, we've accepted his punishment in our stead, he knowing no sin yet was made sin for us, and then he bore our sickness, he bore our sins, and we come into him, we are free from these judgments. God cannot justly judge me or you the second time if he's already accepted us in Christ Jesus and punished his own son for us. How can he punish us then when he's already had Christ has paid our price? If I go down to the pawn shop and, and I've got something that's just like the human life. The devil put us in a pawn shop. That's right. Devil put us in a pawn shop because of transgression. But if you've got something pawned and you go down with the, and get that out of pawn and get a receipt for it, you have a right to take it out. Now, there's no need of trying to go down. If I had my watch in pawn and you went out and took it out for me, there's no need of me going to try to pay it again. I can't pay it again because it's already paid. Oh, when I think of that, something on the inside of me on this fifth rib on the left side leap higher than the skies because I know the devil had me in the pawn shop one time because of sin and transgression, but Jesus Christ cut me out of the pawn shop and redeemed me back to God that makes me his son this morning. And it is not yet appear what I shall be in the final end, but I know I'll have a body like his own glorious body, for I shall see him as he is, free from sickness, free from sin. Well, sure, he was the Son of God. It's been the age-old question, man seeking and hungering after God. If I should call this morning and find out a few of his friends, of course, I will take his enemies for a minute. Let's ask somebody by scriptural authority. We could go on and on and on, but let's just add, get some scriptural authority for who Jesus Christ was. What thinks he of him? If I, of course, his friends, you say, Brother Brandon will testify, and let's ask his enemies about him, man. Let's see what the enemy says. The devil himself knows that was the Son of God. Why, the preachers back there, they didn't know he was the Son of God. They said he's a chief mind reader. 
He's Beelzebub, the chief of the devils. But the devil said, We know who you are, the Holy One of God. Why comest thou to torment us before our time comes? There the devil said he was the Son of God. Is that right? Look at the vilest, dirtiest enemy he ever had was Judas Iscariot. When Judas Iscariot realized what he had done and he seen that Macklin, Son of God, hanging under between the heavens and earth, suffering, bleeding, his body, he took that silver, he had bought them thirty pieces of silver and stowed it before the high priest and said, I betrayed innocent blood. That's right. His lowest enemy testified that he was the Son of God. When he died, the heavens and earth turned black, smutty black, God testifying of it. Yeah. The Roman satyrian put his hand over his heart that pierced his side and said, Truly, that was the Son of God. Yeah. Is that right? Yeah. Let's look at old Pilate standing there all out of humor, got up early in the morning, called to the judgment seat and stuck a wreath around his head and sat on there, waking up after a big party the night before, perhaps, and sitting there and all fussed up with them Jews anyhow, and he is condemning him and everything else. And I hear a horse coming down the street at a gallop. What is it? It's the, it's the palace page coming in, and he runs down before the, the emperor and falls down before him and presents a, a note to him from his wife. Let's look at, let's look at Pilate, standing there and he's all tore up in his teeth set. He begins to read this note. His hands begin to tremble. His knees begin to knock together. He turns pale white. Let's look over his shoulder and see what he's reading. Have nothing to do with this just man, for I've suffered many things today in a dream because of him. A pagan wife writing an oath to her pagan husband, don't have nothing to do with this man, for today I've suffered many things in a dream. Pilate said, bring me some water. I find no fault in him at all. What was it? His enemies testifying. That's right. God makes everything quiver and shake at that name, Jesus Christ. Brother, that's where the church today has lost the the sanity of that name, the power of that name. When Moses went out into Egypt, if those people, he had a staff he packed before him. How ridiculous. See that old man out there, real old, 80 years old, white beard way down like this, and white hair hanging down his back. And here he goes with his wife, setting a straddle of a mule and a, and a child on each hip. Here goes Moses, just a praising God, walking down like that. The people say, where are you going, Moses? I'm going down to Egypt to take over. Could you imagine? Nonsense. An old man, 80 years old, with a wife and two children and a donkey and a stick in front of him going down to take over the greatest mechanized unit in the world. There was no... Why, Egypt had conquered the world. But he said, how you know you're going to take over? God said so, and I believe it. That's right. That's right. God said so. And he did it. Amen. For he took God at his word. When God said what he did about Christ, I believe it's the truth. But if those Egyptians could have ever got that stick out of Moses' hand, they'd have had him whipped. That wasn't, God, that wasn't Moses' stick. That was God's judgment rod. That's what hit the rock. That's what he set down. And if they could ever took that stick away from him, <clears throat> they'd have had it whipped. But he guarded that stick with his life. And today, if the people would only regard the name of Jesus that was left in the church, he said, whatever you ask the Father in my name, that will I do. I, he gave the church his name. To, to marry, bury, baptize, everything in the world that we do, whatever you do in word and deed, do it all in the name of Jesus Christ. But we lost the sacredness of that name. We use it in vain and jokes and there. You can't put bitter and sweet water out of the same fountain, friend. You've got to get to a place where you reverence that name and believe it and know it and use it just exactly right. Now, if I was called this morning a witness of some of his friends, what if I call Noah today? And say, Noah, come down out of the heavens and come here just a minute. I want you to testify to this audience this morning. What think ye of Christ, whose son was he? Why, Noah would say, it's the son of him who called me that day out in the field and said, build an ark for the saving of your household. Noah would recognize quickly that was him. What if I could call uh, Isaiah the prophet today? I'd say, Isaiah, come down this morning out of the great realms of glory and testify to this audience. Whose son do you think he is? Isaiah said, I was heard a voice speaking to me, saying, Unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, that his name shall be called Counselor, Prince of Peace, Mighty God, the Everlasting Father. Why, he would know quickly that was the Son of God. 
Why, he was a prophet, and under inspiration, if I called Job, I'd say, Job, you was an old man. You were broke out in boils. Everything you had was lost. Your children was gone. Your wife had almost turned against you and said, why don't you curse God and die to death? What think ye of Christ? Job, whose son is he? He said, I was in distress. I was sitting on the ashes. The church members had turned their backs to me seven days trying to give me consolation. What a consolation. While I was sitting there scraping my boys, a little fellow named Elihu came down and began to explain to me about God. And when I did, I saw a vision. And I said, I know my Redeemer liveth. And at the last days he'll stand on the earth, though the skin worms destroy this body. Yet in my flesh shall I see God, whom I shall see for myself. Mine eyes shall behold and not another. Certainly. What if I could bring Ezekiel? Say, Ezekiel, will you unlock the doors of God moved down here this morning in the Philadelphian church? I want you to testify. What thank you of Christ, Ezekiel? He said, well, I saw him coming, the clouds of light just under his feet. Yeah. What a testimony. Yeah. Ah, I asked another one who would come. I'd say, Daniel, that great prophet. What thank you of Christ? You come out here just a minute, Daniel, and give your testimony to the Philadelphian church this morning. What thank you of Christ? Whose son is he? I can hear Daniel say, while I was standing one day, riding as the Holy Spirit was up on me, and I saw him as a stone hewed out of a mountain, rolled into Babylon and crushed down the kingdoms of the world. Yes, sir. I can hear him say, and another thing, one day for my testimony, they threw me into a den of lions while I was standing there. And the first thing I seen lions, I heard their soft padded hoofs are coming, or their feet coming rather paws, and I could feel their breath almost on me. I know it was in that dark dungeon a few minutes to be tore together, and all of a sudden, something moved every fiber in my body. I felt something keeping my face turn cotton. Chills went through me, and I feel the lions, the eyes of these lions coming. And the first thing you know, they begin to turn their head and walked away. And when that feeling left me, I looked standing in the corner, and there stood that one who is the Son of God, standing there. Oh, God has sent his angel to deliver me. I can hear him say that that power was up on me. My muscles were shaking. The power was going through me. Tears were coming down my cheeks. He's the Son of God. Yes, sir. There were some more fellows down there one time by the name of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Let's call them down this morning and ask them to testify who's son is he? Let's watch them when Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. What do you think of him? Whose son is he? Now, you lived years before he was ever born. Well, he said it was one day down in Babylon there. They made a proclamation the king had and sealed it, which could not be broke. And anybody that wouldn't serve their gods and the idols and so forth and be popular with the rest of the bunch would be thrown into a fiery furnace. But we purposed in our heart in a prayer meeting one night that we would not defile ourselves with them. God would be able to stand on God's word regardless of what the rest of the world said. Amen. I kind of feel religious right now. Thanks, brother. I think, yes, sir, we purpose in our hearts that we're not going to defile ourselves with the rest of the world. All right, and the heat come on. Oh, my, to that morning. Just think of what it was. There they hit the furnace seven times hotter than it ever was hit, and we had to walk into the fiery furnace. But we know that something inside of us that moved us, and a spirit that testified to us that we were God's children, that God was able to deliver us from the fiery furnace, but nevertheless would never bow down to their image. Then, on that great morning when we began to walk with our hands tied behind us up that gangplank to walk into the fiery furnace, King Nebuchadnezzar sitting back said, Now we'll just burn some of this holy roller religion out of him. <laughs> Could you imagine burn the Holy Ghost out of a man? When the Holy Ghost is fire itself. Fire, fire, fire. Yes, sir. Could you imagine something like that? Here they come walking up like that to walk into the fiery furnace. My, what a time. I hear Shadrach say to Meshach, Brother, have you prayed to? It's all settled. Amen. <laughs> Let's move on up. What thank ye of Christ? And then he got right up to the age of where he is to jump off into the fiery furnace. And that was about the darkest hour they'd ever seen. Coming up to this fiery furnace. And just about time they got ready to step in. Let's turn our cameras this morning. Look on up down in heaven. Break out of this dimension and look up yonder. When things look so dreary here, there's always something going on in another world. That's right. That's how I can see him sitting as a prince. Sitting there in his great garments hanging around him. Hallelujah. Daniel saw him one time too, and he said, He's come like the ancient of days, whose hair was white as wool. While he was sitting there on his throne, I can see an angel went up to him by the name of Gabriel with his sword pulled and said, Master, have you looked down at Babylon this morning? While they're about to burn up three believers down there. 
The heat's really come on. <laughs> yes, sir. And they're about to burn up three believers. Have you noticed them? I've been hearing say I've watched them all night long. Hallelujah. His eyes on the sparrow, and I know he watches me. He watches you. He watches over me. Yes, sir. His eyes on the sparrow. I sing because I'm happy. I sing because I'm free. For his eyes on the sparrow, and I know he watches me. He said, I said, yes, Gabriel, I know you're a good angel. You could go down there and destroy that thing. But I've watched them all night long. I heard their prayer meeting. I know they believe me, yet they've never seen me. Yet they believe me anyhow. I can see another angel come up. His name's Wormwood. He destroyed the Andalusian world with waters. He has control of the waters. He's going to do something in the last days with them, turn them all bitter. So I can hear him run up that quick and fall down before his majesty and say, Oh, Master, have you looked down there? Angels are concerned about what we believe about Christ. Have you con considered down there? They're just about to burn up three believers. I have controls of the water at your command. Just let me go down and I'll wash Babylon off the face of the earth. I believe you can have done it. Yes, sir. Let me go down there. I'll change the picture this morning. There's men who believe in you. They're mortals. And yet they believe they've never seen, but they know that Moses said that the Lord your God shall rise up a prophet like unto me. They knew that he was coming by faith. They looked forward to the coming of the Son of God. Let's hear them testify. Then I, then I looked back there and I see him. He said, Woodworm, you're a good angel. You've obeyed me. You've done just what I told you, but I can't let you go, for this is a man-sized job. I'm going myself. I can hear him reach over there and say, Come here, east wind, west wind, north and south. I tell you, everything's in the solar systems and in the heavens obeys him and turns at his command. But the heart of man thinks they know more than God does, and he can't touch the stony heart of man. I think this morning he could say, let winter change to summer, summer to winter. He'd obey him like that. He could say, Mars, you go over here, Jupiter, you go over there, it obey him. Yes, sir, he'd speak it. There he stands in his majesty. And man fails to recognize him when he stood down there. Who, what is man that thou art mindful of him? When he stood there in the space when there was nothing else before, there was even a star in the heavens before there was a sun in the heavens. He pulled off his head. And stars, moons, and worlds, and systems come into existence by spoken words. Hallelujah! Now, when I think of that, that's my God. Hallelujah, and a part of him lives in me now, because it's now I have everlasting life, and every man and woman in here has everlasting life by the creating Word of God who spoke things into existence. Hallelujah. Yes, sir, don't think I'm excited. I know where I am. Look, brother, when I tell you, when I think of that, it takes you out into another world that the world knows nothing about. There I've seen there in his majesty. He said, come here, east, wind, north, south. Come here, get out of that big thunderhead over here, that great big pillar of cloud. I'm going to drive you this morning like horses. See him raised from his throne, his garments drop around him, walk out, sit down on this big cloud thunderhead. Got him, reach over, get a hold of the zigzag lightning, crack us in the skies like that. He's going to drive them wings like horses. Hey, man, why are you some trouble? About that time, Shadrach was over and said, Well, bless you, Meshach. A vineyard old, we're walking in the name of the Lord. The heat's on. The furnace is hot. They're making that last step, and just as it steps into the fire furnace, that chariot comes rushing from heaven like a rushing mighty wind. Come into the fire furnace with a fan in his hand who fanned back all the breezes away from them. Sit there and talk to them. The king said, How many did you put in there? The trees that I see four in the other ones like the Son of God. Hallelujah. That infidel, unbelieving, ungodly king had to recognize who is Jesus Christ. He's the Son of the living God. Amen. What thank you of Christ? Whose Son is he? Sure, he's the Son of God. Let's ask John the Baptist. Let's call him down this morning. Let his testimony ring out here with us. What do you say about him, John? Well, you received the Holy Ghost six months before you was born. Yes, sir. You received the baptism of the Holy Ghost. So you were dead in your mother's womb. And when the first name of Jesus Christ was spoken, Ma! That little mother Mary went up there to, to Elizabeth, her cousin, put her arms around her and hugged her. She was to be mother six months. John Morgett and hadn't seen no, hadn't received any life yet. 
She said, I'm scared because of the baby's condition and so forth. And little mother Mary said, well, I, I'm going to have a baby too. And when she told what his name was, little John got the Holy Ghost and get a leap and jump in the mother's room for joy. And Mary said, Mother said, when comes, which cometh the mother of my Lord? For as soon as I come a and come into my ears, my baby leaps in the womb for joy. Now I think if the first time the name of Jesus Christ was ever spoke to mortal lips, don't lie to a dead baby. What are you do to a born again church? I'm filled with the Holy Spirit. Amen. Notice, my dear friends, Billy, my 15 minutes is trapped, but uh, I'm still feeling good. Let me alone just a few more minutes. All right. When I think about how the, that, well, that power of God in there, if I ask John, I'd say, who is this man? What do you think of Christ? Whose son is he? John said, when I was received the Holy Ghost in my brother's womb, so I'm told. At nine years old, I went to the not seminary. He went not to some school. He went out in the wilderness to live with God. Boy, that's the seminary we all need today. Not so much about genealogy, but a little bit on your knees. Yeah. What settles the question? There, when he was 30 years old, he came out of the wilderness, not with a tuxedo on or his collar turned around the back, called Reverend Dr. Father or something or other, but he come out of the wilderness with a sheepskin wrapped around him and he preached repentance until he said, Oh, Brothers, he was filled with the Holy Ghost. He didn't draw any punches. He laid back to the root of the tree and every tree that didn't bring forth good fruit was hewed down. That's what we need today is some more John the Baptist filled with the Holy Ghost in that pattern. I will not pull punches, but I'll tell the truth regardless of who it hurts. The church entity, hand with gloves on. Take off the gloves and hand it barehanded. Uh, John, so what thank you, Christ, whose son is it? He said, the one that told me in the wilderness, upon whom thou shalt see the Spirit descending and remaining on, he is the one who's going to baptize with the Holy Ghost and fire. Whose hand is in his hand, he'll fully purge his floor and will burn up the chaff of unquenchable pie, and the wheat will it take your garner. What a testimony of John the Baptist. Let's call his mother. If there's anybody else to know who he was, his mother ought to know whose son it is. Don't you think so? Mary, come down from the glory land just a few minutes and testify to the Philadelphia church this morning. What think you, Christ? Whose son is he? Now, you're his mother. You ought to know him. She said, I didn't know a man. I didn't know a man. But one day on a Monday, when it was washed day, I had some water in my arm. When my hand, I was going up to the well from the virgin spring. And I was going along, and a great light flew before me. And there stood Gabriel, the archangel, said, Hail Mary, blessed art thou among women. For you're going to have a baby knowing no man. But how can these things be, Lord? She said, the angel said, the Holy Ghost shall overshadow you, and that holy thing that'll be born to you shall be called the Son of God. Amen. I read Mary's testimonies right. I that thank you, Christ. Whose son is he? I don't care how many atheists are, how many just he's still the virgin born son of God. Yes, sir. She said, I didn't know a man. But he just said to me, go, I'll be overshadowed by the Holy Ghost, it'll be called the Son of God. What if I could call this morning, what if I could go call E. Howard Cato, an old friend of mine of the Cato Tabernacle, was a drunken sock laying out the other, and a flies going in his mouth, and a vomit in a bar room, and a... What do you think if I could go to the celestial rims of glory and call Howard Cato down this morning to testify? And you've already broadcast for years to hear it. A bosom friend of mine down in Milltown, Indiana, where I pastored a little old Baptist church. I, I'd say, Brother Cato, I want you this morning in the face of the Philadelphia church. Tell me who you think the Son of God is. Hallelujah. If he could walk down there and say, I was a drunken shot. I was laying in a drunk, debauched, and dying. And a little mother out behind a corn crib somewhere praying in the name of Jesus Christ when he sent his angel in the living and made a minister to thousands of souls to the glory. And yeah. I'd say that little Boston shoe copper, white moody, what they give Christ if he could rise from the dead this morning, he'd say he is the Son of God. What would I say this morning if I called little Georgie Carter, my pianist from down at Milltown Baptist Church, who laid on her back nine years and eight months, only weighed 36 pounds, with TV, and went all the way to her. Her church, the Church of Christ, didn't believe in divine healing. She heard her testimony, and if she could stand here and testify this morning, one day there where I never seen her, know nothing about her, and the angel of the Lord come to me and said, go down to Middletown. I didn't even know where it was at. 
and went down there and today, after eight or nine years ago, she's a living testimony of the power of God. She say, Jesus Christ is the Son of God that raised from the dead and reproduced himself. Incarnated he has appeared in the way of the beast and spared my poor life. Well, if I could go to London, England this morning and call Florence Nightingale and bring her here to testify on this platform this morning. She said, I was laying with a cancer on the duodenal of the stomach, and all hopes was gone. I weighed in the regions of 30 or 40 pounds. And there that day, Brother Branham, when you were dealing, praying God, and a little dove rushed into the bushes and come sit down on the window there. And when the voice of God come and said, I would live, I live by the grace of God and by the power of the resurrection of his son. What thank you of Christ, whose son is he? You say, preacher, what you think of Christ? Whose son is he? Oh, brother, my heart wouldn't let me bleed it out. He's the rose of Sharon, the lily valley, the morning star, the alpha, neither he that was, which is, and shall come. Hallelujah! The son of the living God, my Savior, my healer, my King. Oh, the present tense of him now illuminates my soul and burns every fiber in my body with his glorious presence. How could I speak or find words to say what he was? When Isaiah got all tangled up and said, he, he's, a, uh, he's a father, everlasting father, prince of peace, the mighty God, how great he was. He said, he's wonderful. He couldn't even speak a house that I said, every man or every woman that ever mounted anything in this life are men and women who believe him to be the son of God. Every poet, every author, everything else that ever mounted anything believed he was the son of God. Let's call a few poets together just a few minutes. We could take poets, we could take prophets, we could take authors. Let's call a few poets just a few minutes. I think Eddie Pruitt's one of my favorites. When he was persecuted, you know his story, the great songwriter. And while in the darkness of persecution, the people said he was in the right. He was off at his head. And he's standing, he said, I was sitting in my desk one day. But we could call him up from the grave this morning. And there he was, standing there, and the tears running down his cheeks. He called a vision. And God let him write the Bethlehem message in the inauguration of the church when he grabbed his pen and wrote, Oh, hail the power of Jesus' name. Let angels prostrate Paul. Bring forth the royal diadem and crown him Lord of all. Uh, another word you think of him. He said, When I survey the wonders cross whereon the Prince of Glory died, all oh, my team I count the love. Oh, my. Why, well, I think of Brian Fanny Crosby. Let's call her. See what she thinks of Christ. You never seen daylight in your life, woman. What do you think of Christ? Here's what she says. Ask me not, O gentle Savior. Hear my humble cry. Why won't others die calling? Do not pass me by. Thou the stream alone, my comfort more than life to thee. Whom have I on earth beside thee? Whom in heaven but thee? Hallelujah. Poor blind woman. Another said, Living, he loved me. Dying, he saved me. Buried, he carried my sins far away. Rising, he justified. Freely forever. Someday he's coming, oh glorious day. What thank you of Christ? Whose son is he? I believe he's a resurrected, immortal son of God that's living among us right here this morning. I believe this we feel right now is his presence. Do you believe it? What thank you of Christ? You heard the gospel preach. You felt his power. You've seen his work. What thank you of Christ? How many of you believe he's the son of God? Raise your hand. Amen. Let's stand to our feet. Everyone stand to your feet. I want the pianist to give us a card. Let's give him praise, everybody. I will praise him. I will praise him. Praise the Lamb for sinners slain. Give him glory, all ye people, for his wash away each stain. Do you love him? What thank ye of Christ, whose son is he? Let's say together, he is the son of the living God. All right. Let's sing now. All right. Give us a chord. I will praise him. How many knows the song? Raise your hand. All right. All right. Give us a chord of it, if you will, brother. I will praise him.
keep praying. Let us bow our heads just a moment. I wonder if there's one here this morning that doesn't know Jesus as their Savior. Would say, now I believe he is the Son of God. I want to accept him as my personal Savior. Would you raise your hand? Say, remember me, Brother Branham. I want to accept Christ as my Savior. Raise your hand. God bless you, lady. Someone else. Up in the balcony. Any word. Say, I'm not a Christian, Brother Branham, but I believe he is the Son of God. Remember me in a word of prayer. Will you do it? Or you raise your hands around all the audience. God bless you, sir. Someone else. Say, remember me, Brother Branham. I believe now and will accept Jesus as my Savior. How many has he got the baptism of the Holy Ghost? Say, I want his presence in me. I believe he's the Son of God. I want the Holy Ghost. I'm raising my hand, Brother Abraham. Raise your hand. May God look down now and fill each one of your hearts full of his presence. How many sick this morning say, I have accepted him. I've been born again. And I want him as my healer now. And the Lamb of God for sinners slain washes away my sins and makes me whole. I'm raising my hand for healing. Raise your hand. God bless you. The same God that overshadowed Mary has overshadowed this church this morning with his August presence. And I know he's here. All right. While you bow your head, I have one of you. Let's sing slowly now. I will praise him. All right.